You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. I swear to God, it is. Let the music play. You won't get away. Oh, sorry. (laughs) I feel like, Trisha, I feel like you need, like, one more name. It needs to be, like, TK something. TK421, do you copy? TK421. I don't know, pick one of my millions of last names I've had in the past 10 years. Oh my god. What can we go um, with? Like something that really like, just to make it sound cool in DJ, like, you know? TK421, man. I mean, that is a Star, that is a Star Wars reference. You can yeah, I'm very that. worried my about TK. My favorite last name is Walker. Like, TK that's Walker. one of my family names, so um, I like Walker a lot. You think TK? TK Walker? It's like Luke Skywalker. Only TK Walker. What do you think, guys? That has a nice ring to it. But the only problem I'm having right now is that K is in like 1,000 grams, kilogram 1,000, T1,000. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're a liquid terminator. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> we could do... Um, liquid I don't terminator. Know. Uh, for the love, just pick something. TK Walker, the Liquid Terminator. That's, I mean, that's that's your name now. I'm sorry, I hate to break it to you. It's been chosen for you. It's been written in right. stone. We can't change it now. Okay. Okay, hey kid, you're a good player, kid. But listen, GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. Like yeah, it's the third movie, but it's really the sixth movie, and I was I was dying. Like it was it was well that and all of the all of the um the time travel jokes were just were fun too. So yeah, why not? Let's make it fun. Exactly. All right, so we've got a full a full crew tonight, man. Um, Mr. MC Brooks is not going to be joining us, unfortunately. He is in Philadelphia doing what one does while in Philadelphia. Um, no, he's actually going to be at the Roots Picnic, which is like a big concert and outdoor event. So. Uh, he should be having a whole hell of a lot of fun. Uh, so we'll definitely get him back on here soon and talk about all the things that he saw and enjoyed while at the Roots Picnic. Uh, but joining me and Steve on this episode of GGR Pirate Radio, um, well, actually, it's going to be kind of a combination. It's GGR Pirate Radio, but we're going to be talking about the Geek Sheets. Uh, we'll probably be talking about some other nerdy and geeky things like we always do. Uh, but we have got our newest contributor, uh, which, if I remember correctly, we're, she's going by the name TK, which just sounds cool, like like she's from the future, okay. you know? Which works perfectly, because we're going to be talking about stuff from the future. Yay, hi guys! <laughs> and, and also joining us, we have uh, the illustrious and talented and well-known and diversified Mr. Ulysses E. Campbell. You may have heard him from such shows as Fantastic Forum or Arlington in the Morning. Maybe you saw him at Escape Velocity uh, this past weekend, uh, the Museum of Science Fiction's event that was held at the Gaylord uh, Resort there in uh, National Harbor. But he's here with us tonight because he's a great guy. And I asked him last night at like 8 o'clock, I was like, hey, can you do me a favor? Can you be on the show tonight because Marcus isn't going to be here? So he said yes. So we have to thank him. So Mr. Ulysses Campbell, yay. Well, thank you very much for having me. It's always a pleasure to be on such a finely produced high quality show as this one 
Thank you. You do know that you're on GGR Pirate Radio, right? <laughs> Indeed, I do. <laughs> just, just making sure I'm putting that out there. <laughs> there are a metric ton of great movies that seem to be coming out here soon as far as uh, being a sci-fi fan. We're going to talk about that, but we're also going to talk about, uh, in conjunction with that, um, both myself and Mr. Uh, Ulysses E. Campbell, the aforementioned Mr. Campbell, um, were at uh, Escape Velocity this past weekend, which was a science fiction convention, but also science convention, because people from NASA were there. It was it was pretty cool. So we're going to be talking about that. We're going to tie that together with our episode of the Geek Sheets that we got. So strap yourself in, guys, because we're about to go back in time or forward in time. I don't even know what's going on anymore, but we're talking about the Geek Sheets. We're going to be talking about other nerdy and geeky things. It's friggin' fantastic. But this is GGR Pirate Radio, and we're starting right now. We are starting in 5, 4, 3, 2... You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. You run around this city like it's your damn shooting gallery. Yeah, what do you do? What do you do? You act like it's a playground. You beat up the bullies with your fists. Throw him in jail, everybody calls you a hero, right? And then a month, a week, a day later, you're back on the streets doing the yeah. same goddamn same thing. thing. So you just put him in the morgue. You goddamn This is called Pilot Radio. And as the puck drops, the words that DC fans have been waiting to hear since 1974, the Washington Capitals are the 2018 Stanley Cup champions. <laughs> $10 for a BJ, $12 for an HJ, $15 for a ZJ. What's a ZJ? If <laughs> you have to ask, big man, you can't afford it. This is called Pilot Radio. Lady, I'm afraid I'm going to have to ask you to leave the store. Who the hell are you? Name's Ash. Housewares. Poorly Clover, make a wish. Wish you weren't so f***ing awkward, bub. This is called Pilot Radio. Before we get started... Be like, oh, these are stupid guns. Guns are for jerks. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no, action news. And now, your host, Mike Lutzford. I'm totally going to use that, too. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, my name is Mike Lunsford, and this is GGR Pirate Radio. Guys, we have a wonderful and fabulous show in store for you tonight. We're going back to the Geek Sheets. We're going to be talking about all the wonderful and geeky, nerdy news that has happened recently. Uh, and that is courtesy of the co-founder of The Great Geek Refuge, which you can check out at greatgeekrefuge.com. And also the co-host of GGR Pirate Radio. His name is Steve Monick. And for reference, this is the current timeline, like Steve Prime not any of the alternate timeline Steve's. Okay, let's get that straight. Are you sure? <laughs> and then there's a Steve behind me that puts me out, and that's the twist ending of the podcast. Whoa. Blew my mind. Also joining us, we've got our newest GGR contributor, which we just came up with an awesome name for her. She's TK Walker, which there's a subtitle there, but we'll save that for later. But she's joining us as well. And Hi, Kurt- guys. <laughs> Courtesy, courtesy of Fantastic Forum, 
of WERA, of Arlington in the Morning. Um, not only is our, uh, Fantastic Forum a radio show, it's also a television show, which you can check out on FantasticForum.tv. Uh, his name is Ulysses E. Campbell. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Mike. Of course, we love having you on, Yuli, especially when it comes to things that I know are in your wheelhouse of knowledge, and that would be science fiction, because I know you're a big fan. Uh, indeed, I am. Because we were just at an event. Let me tell you, guys. Let me let me paint the picture for you here, just a little bit. So, uh, uh, Steve, you've met Yuli in person. Um, uh, TK, you have not gotten to meet him yet, but I'm I'm sure you will very very soon. But Yuli knows everyone. <laughs> so you go to an event, right? And this guy, I mean, like, first off, he's already a politician. Like, he needs to be, like, a higher level of politician because he's shaking hands and kissing babies every event we go to. He's just like, hey, how are you? All right, great to see you. All right. Hey, haven't seen you in a while. Hey, let's take a selfie. Like, this guy fucking knows everyone. It's insane. Like, we're walking through the hallways, and, like, everybody's like, oh, shit, it's Yuli. And he's like, hey, how are you? Like, winking the gun and everything. Like, seriously. Like, you know every... I I was so impressed by that. MC and I were just like marveling at this, just like leaning back and watching you just like glad hand everyone. I was like, wow, this, this dude has got it figured out. And we're just like, we're like these awkward nerds behind you that are just like, hi, we're his friends. Yeah. Hi. We're weird. I've, I've been going to these events for quite a while just in a, that space of time. Just a you, little you know, bit. You, okay. you, you meet people and, um, you know, you interact with them and, uh, you know, that, that's, that's, I, I tell you what, the first, the first event that I went to after I started doing the show was, uh, it was a Baltimore, uh, comic convention and I knew nobody. <laughs> and it was like, Oh my goodness, you know, but you know, a, a necessary consequence of, uh, of doing what we do, you know, yeah. I mean, so, uh, you know, but I, I, I appreciate your kind words I still, um, I mean, the one thing is that, uh, you know, it sometimes it does make it a little difficult when you're trying to get somewhere because I, I know what you're talking about. I was trying to get out to my car to get the rest of the gear and we kept seeing people <laughs> and it was like, Hey, I'd love to talk, but I, I was kind of on my way somewhere, but you can't just blow people off. You know, it's like, that, uh, that kind of answers a question I had. I was usually like, is it? enhance your experience because somewhere like that when you're the king of the con or is it better if you were just like under the radar hood up no one knows yeah and you're just enjoying your, your time yeah. like anyone else hey look i wasn't the king of the con or anything <laughs> i just i just happen to know a couple of people is all it is and you know sometimes that um that that can be uh, that that can be a positive one of the people that uh, i happened to see when we were out uh, at uh, Escape Velocity was this uh, this guy Greg Biggiano. Now Greg happens to be the executive director of the Science Fiction Museum. He was the one you may remember. I was like, oh, congratulations! And he was like, for what? I was like, you got married, dude. It was oh, like, yeah. but he got married like last year, and I just haven't seen him since then, you know. And uh, you know, I know his wife too, and they're delightful people. They, in fact, they honeymooned in uh, Venice. I'm looking at these pictures oh, of them on the gondola and all this kind of thing. It was like, oh my goodness, you know. But uh, you know, I mean, the fact is, is that uh, you know, Greg, aside from, in, sorry, in addition to, I should say, from being a, a really nice guy, uh, is somebody who can facilitate your access at, at some of these events. And so, you know, now I, I'm, I, you know, certainly. The main thing is you want to be nice. You want to know people who are nice. You want to have contacts and all that. But 
you know, it's sometimes it's fun with the purpose because, uh, you know, there are people who, uh, you know, who can help you and who to whom you can be helpful by uh, pre, uh, bringing some publicity and promotional power to their event. And quite frankly, Mike, you knocked it out of the park with that. I mean, you know, when you got Charlie, you did the podcast with Charles Hildebrandt and, you know, I mean, that was I mean, all that. I mean, frankly, all that, that shit just made me look good. You know, it was like, <laughs> I introduced you to this cat, and all of a sudden, he's got you all on the podcast, and he's coming correct, and, you know, I mean, it's just, you know, very professional in what he's doing, and, you know, all this guy, you know, got a big following that's only getting bigger and all that, let you me, know? Let me tell you, though, like, the biggest moment of pride that I had was, like, the two of you, and again, we love this about you, Yuli, you can... You have the gift of gab, which is why it makes you a good host and a good guest on shows like this. But, like, so does Charles Hildebrandt. And the two of you get talking, and I'm just sitting there on the sidelines, and I'm just like, well, I ain't got shit to do. So, like, literally, what I start doing is I grab my phone and I start researching the next person that's going to be coming to the show, right? I'm looking up uh, Morgan Gendel, the guy who wrote Inner Light, right? Because I want to know what to talk to this guy about. And Charles gets kind of shitty with me. He's just like, are you going to ask me a question? And I'm just like, this motherfucker. Like, I, w- I wanted to get mad at him, but I understood what he was saying. So, like, and then I threw a question at him that knocked a pause into him. And I was very proud about that. Because he, he was just like, he was like, are you even paying attention, Mike? I was like, yeah. As a matter of fact, here's my question for you. Here's this thing that you think about science fiction. What do you think of the modern aesthetic is the new thing that they're using? And he was just like, uh. And I was like, yeah, I wasn't paying attention, was I? <laughs> You, you know, <laughs> I was so busy worrying about the levels. And I had Ted Schneider in my ear from the freaking booth talking about, yeah, you know, your second guy is OK. Your third guy, he needs to be turned up a little bit. And you need to be turned up a little bit. And I was like, yeah. oh, OK, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because it was Ted had sworn all up and down to me that he was going to be able. Don't worry if you're too low. I can fix it from the booth. Yeah. And I'm thinking, but I can't say that because I, he can't be heard, but I can be heard if I speak up. So it's like, oh, my God. So now you guys are getting in behind the scenes of, of what happened when we were doing our live <laughs> Fantastic Forum episode. But like it was it was so crazy because normally like when we do the podcast like this, if something gets screwed up or our guest is like, oh, hang on a second, I got to go take care of a thing. We're like, oh, yeah, I'll just cut it in post. But we're live. <laughs> and like, so, so, TK, Steve, you'll appreciate this. So Morgan Gendel, the guy I mentioned before, he was the writer of uh, The Inner Light, which is like easily one of the most acclaimed episodes of Star Trek ever, right? But one with which you are not particularly enamored or impressed nah, I, I, really I, I, I wanted to talk about that so bad you have no idea you're gonna you're gonna call me out in front of morgan gendel you're gonna be like, oh, like hey oh, hey morgan gendel by by the way mike thinks your work is, is, is shit what no i didn't say that oh like, God, you didn't say that yeah you know so Shoot. so morgan gendel right so he shows up and the whole time that we're doing this interview right he is like I gotta go. I have happy hour to go to, and like all I can think of is like, man, this guy's a drunk. Like, <laughs> he's like, he's like, uh, uh, guys, I gotta get to happy hour, and I'm like, easy shakes, it'll be all right. You know, do you need a shot of something? <laughs> like, but and then Note he like to yourself, keep a bottle under the table. <laughs> exactly. Like, but it was funny because then, like, I guess he realized how much of a dick he was coming off, like, because he stopped and he was like, listen, I've been talking a lot about drinks, and I feel bad. I just, I met a bunch of scientists from NASA. And they were like, hey, come out for drinks with us. And I feel like I should. And we were like, yeah, dude, go ahead. That makes total sense. You totally should do that. So, like, 
<laughs> you know, I did. Yeah. I did note when he did that. You know, because yeah. I wasn't. I wasn't trying to keep him that long. Because oh, excuse me. The other thing was, yeah, we weren't going to get Gigi Edgley. You know, there was that chick Nancy oh, yeah. who was like the floor manager, and she had come over and like, well, when do you want her? And I'm like, yeah, whenever she can get here. And then you know, it's like she came back and she saw Morgan Gendel, and it was like. Oh damn! Now look at that. You know? You're kind of like, like shooing, when, you're when shooing Morgan Gendel away. Come on, get out of here. Oh, oh, let me. Oh, she had no idea. Whenever Gigi Edgley got there, I was gonna be like, "Well, thanks, Morgan. Appreciate you coming on, man. Hey, we got Gigi Edgley. Sit down, Gigi." It's like I would have done it just like that, <laughs> just like that. And, thanks, and, hey, where are you going? I'll be there for a drink with you, man. You just, just, just get off my show. Whatever exactly. you gotta do, just go. <laughs> don't go away mad just go away um, called the bums rush <laughs> yeah, it's the bums rush goes, yeah. yeah um what was g and even Gigi edgley she was super nice too like she was glittery too yeah well she was a lot of things um <laughs> she, <laughs> I, i'm only laughing because I know what you mean. <laughs> yes, which it's something. It's We're, something. We, a, we 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 can keep that to ourselves. It's something. Let the audience yeah. wonder. I'll, I'll, I'll keep it. I'll we, keep it. In we, a, were, we were very excited to yes. have Gigi Edgley <laughs> sitting there with us, and so was she. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. See, I knew I should have been there. I mean, you guys like, need me to come and chaperone for you. All. I I was engaging her in you know, a much of that time, and in fact, you know, it was there was something because I don't know if you noticed, but she came and she sat down. And then I kind of, I kind of put my arm around her chair. I was just, just about to like... mention that too, like LL, LL Cool you over here. Like he just, he just like, like real subtly, just like slides the arm around. He's like, "Hey, how are you, Gigi Edgley?" And I'm just like, "This motherfucker." Like... Well, we we had met before. It's oh, part of, of what it was, you know. It was at the first. Um... Uh, escape velocity and yeah. uh, oh wait, let me tell you something we were hanging tough they had like this vip party in fact i was asking that dude nico yeah. like about friday night because i was like whoa what's up you know but apparently nico doesn't do he's you know he he's you know more the businessy type and yeah. you know he feels uncomfortable at like going to the party and whatever i was like dude you need to hang with us i said we'll get, we'll break you with that don't worry you know i said but and then he's looking on the um you know, on the official schedule, I was like, "No, nah, fuck the official schedule, man." I said, "You in a position to know? Is there a VIP party?" I said, "Because I want to know." It was a VIP. It was on the top floor of the Gaylord and all that. I'm mean, oh, it was dope, Mike. It was Jeez. dope. I mean, all the you know, all the people were there. Gigi Edgley was there, and Adam Nimoy, and you know, um, God, who else? Uh, uh, you know, but all the people they had were there, and we were drinking and partying, and it was. It was a whole lot. If I even saw somebody I knew, it was a cat that I went to high school with who was working security. And he was all like, go ahead on, man. Oh, you, you know, yeah, hey, this is how I roll, dude. You know, and all this. So it's like... <laughs> needless to say, oh. needless to say, Escape Velocity was a lot of fun. And it was, it was such a diverse show. It wasn't just like a well, here's some comic booky stuff, and here's, you know, here's a model of the Enterprise, which, by the way, I took, like, 85 pictures of that model because, like, it was... Well, everybody the, did. It was a replica of the filming model that they used from um, Star Trek The Motion Picture, and it was just... It was so detailed and... and it was and beautiful. Yeah. It, was, it was awesome. And, like, I... You could look in the windows of the thing, into the ship. Oh, yeah. Dope. It was it was so cool. And, like, 
that that was awesome. But like, not only do they have the nerdy things. I mean, they're guys who were drawing things. You could buy art down there, just like you can at any Comic Con. Um, but there were also the panels were just incredible. Like, one of the panels they were talking about like the the legalities of science fiction technology. So like if you created artificial intelligence, like how would that work legally? Like what kind of problems would you get into if like, you know, like an AI robot like murdered somebody? Like it's it was really really interesting. And like they just That's they awesome. it, it really was, dude. It was it was such a cool event and I'm telling you right now, Steve, you might have to come down next year for this because this was so cool and this is such a GGR thing. Because it wasn't just hey, here's this thing, let's make a lot of money doing this. These guys were doing this to, like, they were trying to inspire education, too, because they call it STEAM mm-hmm. instead, of, instead of just STEM, the you know, the science, yeah. technology, uh, engineering, uh, math. Engineering, math, math. yeah, science, yeah. technology, art, engineering, and math. Yeah, so they call it STEAM, and, like, they, they're advocating all these great things, and they're trying to spread awareness, but they're also trying to eventually build this brick-and-mortar science fiction museum in the D.C. area, and, like, I just envisioned them finally having that and doing events like that there and having guest speakers and people from NASA because science fiction is nothing without science. And everybody man, everybody I ran into was cool. Like, everybody that works with that event was just awesome. They were all super friendly. They were all super nice. They all wanted to, like, help as much as they possibly could. Like, it was – that's that's what I wish more conventions were like instead of just this, like – bold-faced cash grab like oh you want to meet you want to meet this person it's going to be five hundred dollars like i saw there was an ad up right if you wanted to meet sylvester stallone just meet him just shake his hand five hundred dollars like how ridiculous is that like he doesn't already have millions of dollars it's a lot less expensive to get your hands to smell like bacon i can tell you just (laughs) go to the grocery store it's real easy Oh yeah. Hey, one thing I want to throw in about Escape Velocity, yep. and you sort of touched on this, but the fact that they have these NASA scientists, and you know, I mean that that is absolutely crazy that you have. Uh, I mean, and there were a bunch of them who were there, and um, you know, in fact, I'm I'm looking up because I want to I want to get this guy's title right. Um, okay, yes. Uh, Dr. C. Alex Young, okay? Yeah, yeah. He is the Associate Director for Science in the Heliophysics Science Division at NASA's Goddard Space Flight Center. I, when I met him, I said, I don't really understand all that shit, but it makes you sound smart as hell, dude. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like, damn, you must be smart. They got like heliophysics and you know, yeah, all this exactly. kind of thing. I don't even know what the hell that is, but whatever it is, that's a like Reed Richards type of stuff, you know, it's yeah. like, and to a, to an individual, the other thing that I think is noteworthy about the actual scientists who come out to an event like this, they will tell you that what inspired them to get into their chosen field of study was some element of science fiction, TV show, some movie, some bit of science fiction literature, to an individual, all of them were inspired by science fiction. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was. And not only that, too, is watching these guys do the same nerdy giggle 
that I did when you saw the Enterprise light up that first time. <laughs> and, like, it powers up, and the warp engines come on, and you're like, oh, shit, it's about to go to warp! Like, these guys were doing the same thing. They were just as excited about it. And it was... It's just this awesome shared event that everybody had, and it was just it was it was awesome. It was it was really awesome. And yes, TK, I'm trying to make you jealous because you should have been there and you weren't. And I'm I know, I know. I'm sitting here. So this guy is really awesome. He mentions his cats in his bio on his, on the web page. Do you guys see that? Are you talking about? It a, says Doctor Young. Yeah. It, Dr. Young is married with three cats. So, (laughs) married with three cats. Good luck. As long as he said with, not two. (laughs) (laughs) He's a bigamist. (laughs) He is. Oh, my God. No, I mean, and and again, on top of it, he is just, he's, I mean, he's one of those guys who you would, I mean, you meet him and you would never imagine that he's like the associate director of the heliophysics lab and all this kind of thing. I mean, he seems like, he seems like you could have a beer with him, you know, quite frankly. Yeah. Yeah. There's that dude on YouTube, Mark Rober, who's like that. Like he worked in the jet propulsion lab and work on curiosity and the Mars lander and stuff. And, and now he just has a YouTube channel where he uses, you know, physics and engineering to do basically like cool stuff. And he just seems like some dude, but it's like, no, those are the people where it's not the white lab coat, you know, pencil pr- pocket uh-huh. protector guys. You know, they're regular cool people. You know, I mean, yeah. maybe they're a little nerdy, but so are we. So, you know, I'm whatever. trying to remember the name of the guy that I was talking to, but we were he had just finished his panel and I popped in like right after I had gotten to the event. And uh, <clears throat> like everybody's walking out and he was just like, hey, you're like 25 minutes too late. And I laughed. I was like, yeah, I just got here. And he's like, oh, you're press. And I was like. He's like, who do you work for? And I was telling him about GGR in a little bit, and I was telling him about Fantastic Forum because I was there to broadcast with Yuli. And I was like, oh, hey, and he, and he, I see his badge, and I was like, oh, hey, it's nice to meet you, Professor, or, I, or whatever his title was. I think it was Doctor. But I said, it's nice to meet you, Doctor, or so-and-so. And he's like, oh, just call me Jim. Or, I was like, yeah, hey, it's really nice to meet you. I was like, so how did you get into doing this event? And he told me, he's like, oh, God, I love science fiction. It's the coolest thing, and I love what they're doing. And I was like, well, okay, so you know, what made you decide that you wanted to study this? And then I was expecting the, oh, I'm a huge Star Trek nerd or I love Star Wars. And he was like, dude, the chicks. And I looked at him and he started laughing. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> but like these, yeah, it was just, it was, it was a cool event, man. And like, I really think that I, I want to do everything we possibly can to help support this event at, for I'm GGR. And, and I, yeah. you know, I want to be there when they cut the ribbon. Me too. Freaking museum, yeah. man. You know, I mean, I just, you know, because this is something that is genuinely worthwhile. And in fact, one of the things that really pisses me off, you know, it's like it it, is the fact that we've got these genre based movies that are making a bazillion dollars. And yet all the repositories of the original source materialist stuff are closing up. The only really I think the only museum that is left is the uh, cartoon art museum in san francisco and uh, you know certainly it's the only one left west of the rockies i want to say that there's some uh collection because there had been one over at the university of pittsburgh and i think that closed down i think there's something at the university of florida though or possibly ohio state but um colleges now are the only places that they have them because since jeppy's entertainment museum closed down last year 
um, you don't find, uh, you know, these and the, the uh, what was it, the um, Museum of uh, of Cartoon Art Mocha yeah, that had been in New York. That one closed. There was another one that was in Pittsburgh that closed, and it would be fairly simple for um, one of these studios to be able to establish something if they had the will to do it, uh, as opposed to simply looking at this material as uh, as source material or intellectual property. You know, look at it for what it is. I mean, it is the one truly, uh, truly uniquely American art form, and it deserves to be celebrated, it deserves to be preserved, and you want to know the names of the people who did it. Because look, I got nothing against Stan Lee, God rest his soul, but I'm so tired of Stan Lee getting credit for the Marvel Universe, and I'm doing the air quotes thing. There were a lot of people. There was a guy named Jack Kirby. There's a guy named Steve Ditko. There's a guy named Don Heck and a bunch of other ones who made these contributions as writers and artists. It was a collaborative effort. It just so happens that Stan was one of the last guys breathing who had been in these rooms. He was uh, probably the best marketing person who was involved in this stuff. And so he gets a disproportionate share of the credit. But and I'm not. Hey, like I said, no harm, no foul. But the fact is, is that there were a lot of people whose names are unsung and unknown. And I just think it's appropriate to give credit where credit credit is due. I mean, I, I've gotten a lot of enjoyment from this work over many years. And I do happen to know some of the names. You know, I mean, when I saw Jim Starlin, because uh, I recognize him, and when I saw him in, in, uh, in uh, Endgame, I was like, oh, crap, that's Jim Starlin. He happens to be <laughs> the artist and writer who created Thanos, you know? And it's like, oh, damn, they actually got him in the movie which I thought was really cool because that many got a check, you know. He got a line too. So it's not like yeah. he was just a background extra. You got to pay oh. more when they speak. Yes, you do. <laughs> you absolutely do. <laughs> yeah. I just, I, I thought it you was. You know, but I, but I, again, I thought it was great. Yeah. What's, what's cool is, and I'm going to do this amazing segue. So just prepare yourself guys. One of the last projects that Stan Lee was working on was a cartoon show featuring the voice of Arnold Schwarzenegger. And it's going to be premiering here on Netflix very, very soon. But, Steve, correct me if I'm wrong, Arnold Schwarzenegger has also got a movie coming up here pretty soon, doesn't he? Oh, here we go. Look at you. You are <laughs> segueing pretty, pretty hard here. Yeah. I mean, it was like a segue into a segue into a segue to get us there, but we're there. Yeah, because um, now it's time for the Geek Sheets. It's time for the Geek Sheets. Here's the big news this week in the geeky, nerdy world. All right, Steve, hit us with that geek sheet wisdom. Yeah, so Mike uh, so deftly put it, you know, so seamlessly moved us into the geek sheets <laughs> with, uh, as I put in the article, the former California governor. Um, <laughs> yeah, obviously there's a Terminator movie coming out. And it's a very interesting one. And I feel like this is another example of like, you know what? I'm done with this. And then someone does something and you're like, all right, I'm going to give you one more chance. But if you <laughs> hurt me again, it's over for good. Um, Terminator Dark Fate had its trailer drop and there was a lot of little elements in it that gives you hope. Uh, James Cameron's producing and he helped craft the story. That's the main one. <laughs> yeah, that's, the, that's the big one. But um, 
it also kind of seemed to me, and I, I made joke about it in the article, but it does seem like they're picking up some of the elements from the past three films that weren't as good and picked up the elements that were neat in them. And they're just kind of like, all right, we're going to take we're going to take a little bit of A, a little bit of B, a little bit of C, and then put it into an actual good movie. Uh, they got Tim Miller, the dude who directed Deadpool, is directing the film. Uh, obviously, the big thing in the actual trailer itself is Linda Hamilton's clearly going to be kind of the main character. Um, they have She's a now high Kyle grade. Reese character almost. Yeah, I think that's what they're hitting at is that the 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 girl that the cyborg Mackenzie Davis is, is uh, I, I forget the actress's name, but the, the little gal that they're like kind of dragging around. Linda Hamilton specifically says, like, I was you at one point. So I'm kind of thinking that like John Connor's no more or something has changed and sh- this girl is going to be birthing the new like humanity savior guy. And Linda Hamilton is literally like Sarah Connor is now the Kyle Reese figure. Or she is the new human savior person. Like that's they could be doing that, too. I mean, like it's I I. I'm down with this because I feel like it's got more than just Arnold because I feel like that was the only thing that the other ones had other than the one with, uh, with Batman. Well, um, why can't I remember his name right now? Um, thank you. Terminator salvation. Thank you very much. Yeah. Like it's a little more legit this time around. I feel like, I feel like you've got enough people that this is going to be good, but like at the same time too, like is anybody else kind of feeling that, maybe this is just kind of the last gasp of Terminator that like maybe this doesn't need to keep being a franchise because I don't think it wasn't so much that like people were like oh these movies are crap these movies are garbage I think everybody was just like hey two Terminator movies were dope and that was enough and every other one after that was just like you can't keep doing the same thing over and over and over again and keep upping the stakes with a new cooler sleeker different design robot like there's only so much you can do and I, I feel like they've kind of explored it to yeah, about as but, far as they can go. But you know what the problem is, though, Mike, and I absolutely agree with you. But um, and I'll tell you what, I might have been where you were up until I was talking to shockingly Michael Bean about this. Oh, okay? that's right. Yeah. And, you know, he he because I'll tell you something. Just dropping that yeah. in there. Name dropping <laughs> and shit. <laughs> I was talking to Michael Bean. <laughs> it is yeah, like what I it do is. every you Sunday. Know, we, we weren't having dinner or anything, although his wife is delightful, I must say. But um, yeah, so. Um, <laughs> And he, because I'll tell you what, Michael Bean has worked with James Cameron enough that it's like, oh my God, this guy knows. In fact, did you know that apparently James Cameron wanted to have Michael Bean in Avatar? He wanted to have him play that freaking crazy colonel guy or whatever who okay. had the scars on his face, who was like the big bad. But they felt like, you know, having Michael Bean and Sigourney Weaver in the same movie playing these roles, it would have took a little credibility away from the whole thing. So they said, you know what? We're, we're, we got Sigourney. We can't have you in this thing. But anyway, but he, he put a great deal of stock and faith in James Cameron being the person, because James Cameron hasn't been involved since like the original, really, you know? And the thing basically went off the rails lately. But, you know, even though, yes, every one of these things, the objective is to make money. But you also want to have something where the source material is respected and, uh, you know, the people have some sort of idea as far as what they're doing. And I think that James Cameron is going to be able – I mean, of all the people who could potentially do this, 
I, I mean, this is the only reason that I'm willing to give this a chance. In fact, I didn't even really see all the last Terminator movie that had uh, what's her face from Game of Thrones and Jai Courtney and all this stuff. I, 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 it came on cable. I watched part of it. I was like, yeah, whatever. You know, it's like, but this yeah. is this is a different deal. TK, as the the lone female representative on the show, um, <laughs> how, how is your how, how do you feel about Terminator? Are you a fan? Is this kind of like meh to you? Like, are you excited about this? Tell us, tell us how you're feeling about all this. I stopped watching them it, with the with the one that came out in the late '90s. What was that? Two, three? Yeah, yeah, yeah that was it for me. And I refused, like. It, for the same reason that I won't watch the middle Star Wars, the ones with Jar Jar Binks, I don't want it to ruin things for me. I want it to be left where it was, and I loved it. So if this lives up to that standard that I have, I'll watch it. And um, the Star Wars movies, I watched the new ones and loved them. And I felt like those lived up to the standard that I had with Star Wars, but I, I won't watch the middle ones you know, Reve I Revenge of watch. the Sith wasn't bad. Yeah. That might be really? the only one worth watching. Just to watch uh, Anakin Skywalker turn into Darth Vader. That that was pretty cool. Well, just, just... Turn bad and kill all his friends. Yeah. It was, it was a pretty... very dark movie. It is. But yeah, <laughs> it was... yeah. Super uplifting. Yeah. <laughs> I have failed you, Anakin. I have failed you. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. If you don't think it'll ruin it for me. But I, that one I just don't want to be disappointed. So... I, I didn't watch, I saw one of the newer Terminator movies and like you said, it was on cable one night and I watched like two seconds of it and I thought, oh gosh, no, can't do it. <laughs> so, yeah. but it, if this lives up to that, and I think it will, it, it looks good. All the things that I'm looking at, but we'll see. Yeah. I'll let you guys watch it first. I've seen, I've seen <laughs> the, I haven't seen any of the other ones other than the the one with Christian Bale. I've seen that one. And I saw, I want to say it was the third one where, Rise uh, of the Machines. yeah, with the, with the female Terminator, because, Oh wait, that was the one with, uh, what's her face. Who's in uh, Homeland. Yeah. Claire Danes. I can't call her name. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Claire Danes. Yeah. Um, yeah. the only reason that I've seen that one is because there's a, there, there's a director's cut of Terminator three rise of the machines with Arnold Schwarzenegger doing commentary. And it's the funniest shit I've ever heard in my life. You guys ha might have to go out there and find it just for this, because at one point he's just doing his, like, I'm just going to keep talking Arnold Schwarzenegger thing. And it's the part where the female Terminator is trying to distract the guy behind the counter at the, uh, at the quick stop and like makes her boobs bigger. And Arnold is like, yeah, so we did this part because we know that men like to look at big boobs. So it makes me laugh. And I thought it was a good scene. And like the director with him, you can just hear the director. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was a great scene. Yeah. And like, <laughs> I thought you were going to say like, you just hear the director going. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much what it was. Like, but it was, it was just Schwarzenegger, just like, yeah, so this part was uh, when uh, I was looking at uh, the robot boobs, and then she made them bigger to distract everyone, and it was great. And you're just like, Jesus Christ, Schwarzenegger. Like, you know, the only thing that really, I mean, the first one was a beautiful work of art, you know, and big surprise, but, you know, and, and of course, they defeated the whole purpose of the first movie because 
you know, Kyle Reese says one way trip, you know, they blew up the machines and the lab and, you know, and then all of a sudden this so-called one way trip where nobody else can come. All these people keep coming back in time. You know, it's like, well, <laughs> clearly the timeline hasn't changed. So we're going to come back. And, and in the first one, it was like, well, they only had um, John Connor's mother's name, you know. But by the third one, they're picking off the, you know, lieutenants in the rebellion and whatnot. I'm like, what the hell is this? This is stupid. You know, I mean, I, so I, I, I had a lot of issues with all of that. And anytime you're doing time travel stuff, I mean, it's just, you got to be real careful. I mean, Doctor Who does it well. Back to the Future did it well. Outside of those two things, I, time travel is very unsatisfying in terms of most of the stuff you see. Well, see, I take it back. There was a beautiful little movie with Jane Seymour and um, Christopher Reeve. It was called Somewhere in Time. It was based on a Richard Matheson story. That's pretty good, too. But outside of that, you know, I mean, those those three stories I mentioned, I can generally live without time travel totally, you know, and these things, regrettably, are totally dependent on time travel. Yeah. Is somewhere in time the oh one where Chris Reeve has the penny and he can't uh, like any that's what kind of triggers him? Well, to... it's, it's 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 like, oh, yeah, I guess it is a penny because he's got this watch, too. And he like gives her the watch, but yeah, the penny, and it's in fact, yeah, because it's like a 1978 penny. Yeah, and it reminds him that he's not from that time, and then yeah. he's like, ah, and he jumps back, and he gets a yeah. Oh my goodness! But it was, but it was a really, really touching movie. Mm -hmm. and Math Matheson just writes incredible sci-fi in general. Like he's, mm -hmm. I mean, he, I, I am Legend, is one of my favorite books of all time, and. Mm -hmm the movie is such a bastardization of that of that book it makes me so mad every single time because the ending in the book was so good and then in the movie they're just like but Will Smith can't be a bad guy so we'll make a weird happy ending with zombies or something and it just it made me so freaking angry I was like this could have been amazing and you guys just just tripped all over it have you ever seen the um, Vincent Price version uh, is that the Omega Man no, no, no. That's the Charlton Heston version. Oh, okay. uh, Last Man on Earth is the Vincent Price version. And that's pretty good, too. Omega Man, though, is my absolute favorite. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, oh, and the music in that one is just off the chain. Yeah. Oh, my God. I, I managed to finally find the soundtrack to that. But, I just, like, kind of to go back to Terminator, I, I feel like no matter what they do at this point, it's going to end up being a disappointment no matter what. There's there's no way that they can do another Terminator flick that's going to be like lights out. They're, they can't top T2. No. It's not going to come close. But it's James Cameron. It doesn't it's matter. It's James Cameron. Oh, what do you mean it doesn't matter? Come I don't on. think I don't think Cam Cameron's not going to can just because you have James Cameron attached to this thing does not mean that it's going to be amazing. Like wait, wait, James Cameron is the originator of it. I mean, this is that's like saying you know, oh, you need to repair the Mach 5, and you got Pops Racer, and yeah, but Pops isn't necessarily going to be able to fix it. Of course he is. <laughs> of course. He built the damn thing. Of course That's he's going to be able to fix it. That, but did you guys watch uh, Stephen King's version of The Shining? Remember when he did that one, and it was horrible. Oh, the, the made-for-TV ABC movie one? Yes. Oh my God! It was so bad. It was so. Yeah. It was accurate to the know? book, but it wasn't nearly as good mm -hmm. as the movie because it was missing that same punch. Yeah. 
Right. So, yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you, Mike. I think it's going to be a, a disappointment. I mean, we'll see. But Julie, I'm surprised I appreciate that... your hope, though, and optimism. Like, it is it is nice. <laughs> well, I'll even it out, and I'll jump on Yuli's side. So it's two to two. I'm going to give it a chance. I'm willing to let it speak for itself. And, like, it, they're smart about it because they're saying, like, there's three crappy ones. They never happen. This comes right after Judgment Day. Forget all that other garbage. Um, but, like, it does... It does seem like it's setting itself up for a little bit of trouble because just like both Salvation and then Genesis, they were like, this is the first in a trilogy and neither of those happened. And yeah. then this one's like Dark Fate. We're going to set off a new trilogy of Terminator movies and there's a liquid metal and regular hybrid and there's one that is it a human? She thinks she's human, but is she human? Haha, <laughs> we don't know. Like, those are things we've all seen before. So I'm hoping the mediocre trailer and what they told us are just the stuff that's like, look, we got an amazing plot here. We need to just get people on board with the Linda Hamilton and the and the um, James Cameron being on board, and then the plot will hit them. But we're keeping it close to the vest because we don't want to spoil what's going to happen it's time travel it's crazy cameron's behind it let's keep that close to the vest i'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt on that yeah uh, okay fair i mean i'll i'll still watch it i I'm, i mean i love schwarzenegger period even when, at his cheesiest he's still just incredibly enjoyable to watch and i'm i'm all for it i love what he's been doing lately um, with his celebrity instead of just being like another guy who was like, hey, I'm out here signing stuff and charging $500 a pop. No, he's really trying to do something to try to help the world with his celebrity. And I just, I, I'm, I'm down for that just for that reason alone. Plus those first two Terminator movies, in my opinion, are works of art. And I'll give this one a shot. But at the same time, I just, I don't think it's going to be missing something no matter what. And it's, it's, not, it's not anybody's fault all shows, all movies, all stories, all books, they get to a point where it, it's you've told the story and you can't go any further. And I think that that's what they've done with Terminator. And they're trying to squeeze more blood out of the stone. So, You know, I, I would agree with you, except that I've seen Star Trek VI. And, <laughs> you know, I mean, certainly I'd say something. After Star Trek, because I didn't even see Star Trek V in the theater. And I'm, you know, it's like, oh, my God, I'm a huge Star Trek fan. But Star Trek VI, that was, and and there was a line of dialogue that Spock had that sort of exemplified the whole thing. He he said to Kirk when uh, they they first talked about the mission to go and you know sort of overture to peace to the Klingons, and he said only Nixon. It was apparently it was a Vulcan proverb, but he said only Nixon could go to China, you know. And it's like oh damn, you know. But I mean, and that was something that was unexpected. But completely Star Trekky, and they got a really good story out of it. And it was like, wow, how about that? I mean, again, the first overture to peace with the Klingons, which you know, if you've seen any episodes of Star Trek: The Next Generation, you know, you you knew everything worked out great, and yet, you know, they needed to bridge to that somehow. And yeah. you know, I mean, you know, I, I certainly, arguably if you've seen any of the J.J. Abrams Star Trek movies, you could believe that Star Trek has seen its last best days and that all of that is behind it. And then yet, you know, I mean, well, wait, wait, and then here we go, apparently Star Trek Discovery, you know, which, uh, you know, has been very well received. So I um, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I art, art is such that 
there's always, I mean, somebody else is going to come along, you know, I mean, I was, I was talking to a friend of mine today and he, uh, he had, uh, he and his wife just had their first baby a couple of, I guess about a month ago or so, a month and a half. And he was talking about how excited he was to be able to watch Star Wars with this little boy and all the stuff that he wants to do and all that. And I'm reminded that new generations come along and they rediscover that which we've already known and seen and experienced. And sometimes, uh, you know, it can be a surprise and what they what they see, what they feel, um, how they go with it. You know, I mean, and so um, maybe maybe we're not done yet. And I let me just say this. I hope he proves me wrong. That's that's all I'm saying. I, I hope he proves me wrong because I would love nothing more than a badass Terminator movie that isn't a disappointment. So we'll leave it. We'll leave it at that. And we'll transition to our next one because there was another trailer, Mr. Monic, that came out. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the other trailer? I guess this is more of a teaser that we saw for this one. But what was that all about? Star Trek, you say? Yes. Yuli, you mentioned something called Star Trek in a new <laughs> series. Um, yeah, there's that little teaser that came out for uh, Star Trek Picard. Um, and, and I think teaser is the right way to put it, Mike. I mean, it really wasn't very long. It was like 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. It had a little bit of a voiceover and images of the Picard vineyard. Um, it's really just getting you kind of amped that like, oh, this thing's actually happening and it's coming. Uh, we saw, you know, a, a glimpse of, of, I guess, the retired admiral, at, you know, at the timing of, the, of this. So um, I think this is just more of a good conversation of what do you think they're setting up a little bit? And then what would you like to see out of the series? I, I'm, I'm actually going back and watching The Next Generation, like, maybe in preparation for this. I don't know. Maybe whatever. Call it that. But like I'm going back and watching and there were so many episodes of this where they really took Star Trek to places that the original series didn't, where it became more focused on individual character growth. And it's, it's also, it's nothing against the original series. This Star Trek, the next generation got seven seasons. The original uh, series only got three. So just by nature, it's going to have more content. It's going to have the ability to do more. But my favorite episodes are the ones where you get to really see a character change. And with Picard, my favorite stretches of episodes is it's, it's a three, it's three episodes in a row. It's the best of both worlds, episode one and episode two, when he gets assimilated by the Borg and then he gets brought back. But that episode after that, where he yeah, is, yeah, that was so important. Oh, when he, because so, yeah. you saw he was fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. When he's he goes back to his family vineyard, he's staying with his brother. His brother's a dick and they're fighting the whole time. And then like they're having a fight and like Picard just breaks down and basically know what they did to me, Robert. They took everything I was. They used me to kill and to destroy and I couldn't stop them. I tried so hard. But I wasn't strong enough. I wasn't good enough, damn it. I should have been able to stop them. Why wasn't I able to stop them? Damn, dude. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Have you ever watched this show? Oh, I, don't, I don't know if you've ever seen it or not, Yuli, but it's pretty good. <laughs> oh, let me tell you, that 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 scene there, because you're right, that made the best of both worlds part one and two. Because at the end of part two, you're like, 
oh, and he's okay? What, you know, he had like the patches on his head and whatever, and it was like, wow. But you saw how messed up he was in that third episode. It was like, damn. I mean, you really needed that to connect the whole thing and tie it up. No, I, I, I absolutely hear you. In fact, the only thing that rivaled that throughout the, um, for Picard, I, I think throughout the uh, Star Trek series was um, Chain of Command, part one and two. You know, the one with Ronnie Cox, where Ronnie oh, yeah. Cox over the Enterprise, and, um, you know, he, Picard was on the secret mission, but he was uh, captured by the Cardassians. And it was like, how many lights do you see? You know, it was like, damn. <laughs> yeah. One of the things that, like, and kind of where I was going with this, too, to kind of tie it to, to uh, Star Trek Picard, is... I love what they do with his character throughout the series as you see how strong Jean-Luc Picard is and how duty driven he is. And I was watching an episode. It's a, it's a nothing episode. It's in season five. And I want to say it's called um, the, the best mate or like something like that. Oh yeah. And the one with what's her face. With Famke Jansen. Yeah. Yeah. Famke yes. Jansen shows up and she's basically this like genetically bred perfect mate like she's empathic so she can sense what her her lover is feeling and, and becomes that thing not like physically transforms but like is in tune here's the joke the joke where i go cool so who did she play in the show <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> so she um she basically falls for picard and like you you can tell through the entire episode that she's throwing it at him and she's just like, hey, you want some of this? And he's just like, oh, no, I can't. That'd be inappropriate. Like, but you know he does. You know he wants to. And he doesn't. He's so duty-driven. And at the end of the episode, she basically says that. She's like, look, whether you wanted me to or not, I've bonded with you. And I don't want to be with this dude that I'm going to be betrothed to. But because of my sense of duty, because it's going to keep these two warring races from fighting any longer, I'm going to do it, but I'll never forget you. And you could just see Picard just like, oh man, like you could see like it beat him down. And like, as the ambassador is leaving, he's like, how could you resist her wiles? You spent so much time. Was there even a moment when you thought about being with her and breaking your sense of duty? And he just looks at him and he goes, enjoy your time. Ambassador. <laughs> and that was the end of the conversation. Like, yeah, the yeah. fact that well, I, all I, of these I, things thrown at him and now something broke him. Like he's retired. He's living in the vineyard. Like he left Starfleet. What could have broken Picard? And that's what I want to know. Like it's, mm. they did a great job of, of slow rolling me on this. Cause I'm all in. Hey, one thing I want to throw in, uh, in terms of another great Picard episode was a third season episode called Sarek, where Mark Leonard reprises oh, his yeah. role as uh, Spock's father. And, uh, but he's suffering from this rare condition that sometimes affects Vulcans called Bendai syndrome. And uh, basically, he's losing control of his emotions. And so he and Picard mind meld so he can complete this one diplomatic mission. It's like his last diplomatic mission. And there is a beautiful, beautiful scene where Patrick Stewart gets to, you know, kind of, he's, he's in his quarters and uh, Gates McFadden is there as Beverly Crusher and she's monitoring his responses and he is flipping out because he's got these intense Vulcan emotions and stuff. It's one of the best episodes in the series and one of his best performance sequences in that series. And I just, I just had to throw that in there because I had mentioned... Yeah. 
uh, chain of command. But I was like, oh, that one. <laughs> it's like, oh my goodness. Yeah. I, mean, I just, the, the chance to see Patrick Stewart one more time chew all the scenery, you know, because like the dude is just an incredible actor and get to come back to this role. And he even, you could tell that he was emotional when he announced this. He was like, I said that I did not want to be Jean-Luc Picard again. I, I thought this character was done. But when they showed me the script for what they had come up with, I wept. He's like, it's beautiful. And let me announce it. And he announced it right there. Like the fact that you basically were able to win over Patrick Stewart is pretty damn impressive. So like, mm-hmm. I think that this is going to be a great series. Um, TK, give us a little insight here because we only know a little bit about you. We know you like Star Trek, uh, Star Wars. <laughs> Are you a Star Trek fan? Are you excited about this? Have you have you watched any of this, the new stuff? Were you a, a Star Trek The Next Generation fan when you were a kid? Oh, my gosh. Seriously, I used to love it when I was a kid. Um, but it, same thing. Like, I was always so afraid I would get disappointed, you know, in the new stuff. So I just stopped. And um, I did watch, what year did that movie, the one movie come out? The 2009, wasn't that? Yeah, I watched that one. And that one was good. Um, and I have not watched that new show discovery, but I want to, um, just because it looks really good. And sometimes, um, I'll leave it on TV, you know, and just like half watch it. But, um, but I think that this is going to be good. I agree with you with the characters, um, because Picard was always my favorite and data. I love data. He was my favorite, but you know, that was a long time ago. Well, Data was a great character, you know? I mean, in fact, geez, oh. I mean, just to go down the rabbit hole for a second, there was a he great was episode. so good. Yeah, you remember that one where Data met Spock? It was uh, Redemption Part 2. <laughs> oh, my and, gosh. Yeah. You well, know the fact, names of them. How do you know? Where do you store all this information? <laughs> like, what the heck? <laughs> oh, some, somebody needs to pay me for Yes, I remember that, but... Yeah. I don't know what series it was or anything like that. It's Star Trek just the next generation. It was <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, no, sorry. I'm uh, sorry. It wasn't, no, it wasn't redemption. I'm sorry. It was, um, uh, Oh crap. Dang. Unification. Thank you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, okay. Anyway, but, um, and in fact, Mike, something that you mentioned is relevant with this because, you know, it was how they wooed, uh, Patrick Stewart back to the role and something similar with Leonard Nimoy because he didn't he wrote a book in the 60s called I am not Spock and he was trying to get away from the Spock character but then you know like it was like in the 90s or the 2000s he wrote another book called I am Spock you know it was like he had reconciled by that time and come full circle and um, you know that uh, unification part one and two episodes um, that, you know, because that was some really good Spock stuff. Anyway, so uh, Spock and Data are, are trying to break this Romulan uh, code decryption. And so Data starts talking to him while they're working on it. And because, of course, Data has no emotions. And, um, you know, he he's realizes that Spock has forged a relationship with Jean-Luc Picard. And so he starts asking him about his human half and... You know, uh, and it's just a wonderful exchange between them. And ultimately, 
um, you know, because Spock admires Data. He says, look, you have no emotions, superior physical strength, uh, incredible intellect. You've been given by design what most Vulcans strive their entire lives for. And then Data flips it on him. He says, well, you know, but you are half human and in essence have what I've been trying for my whole life, you know? Anyway, but then Data asks him, he says, look, as you examine your life, do you find that you've, because he says you've chosen a Vulcan way of life, even though you're half human. He says, do you find you've missed your humanity as you examine your life? And Spock says, I have no regrets. And Data accepts it, but then he says, no regrets. That's a human expression. And Spock looks at him and he's like, indeed, fascinating. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, a scene that only those two characters could have played out. And that that's the reason you go back to do something like that. So, you know, trusting Star Trek, I got to believe that whatever they have uh, Patrick Stewart doing, it is going to be something uniquely Picardian. And that character was um, big enough that you could get a lot out of that. Yeah. And I think that giving it this time, this gap from... When was Nemesis? Nemesis, I can't remember how old that movie is. Um, it was early 2000s. I want to say like 2003, maybe. Um, to give it enough time between those, I think, is, is, is a smart move. And we're going to get to see how this all plays out. And I'm, I'm, I'm super excited about mm-hmm. it. And yeah, the fact 2002 we... okay. was Nemesis, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. so 17 years um, between series. So it'll... it'll be... I'm excited. I think it'll be good. And I hope we get more of the other... Uh, next generation crew. I hope we get to see Riker. I hope we get to see Worf. I hope we get to see Data. Um, I'm pretty sure that we're not going to see Data though, because um, I, I at one point I remember Brent Spiner saying that he's not in this. But who knows? Maybe it's all some sleight of hand, and it's all going to be a big surprise. I don't know. They, I'm sure they've got some great things up their sleeve. But um, Steve, we haven't heard from you on this one, man. What's your What's your take on this? Yeah. Um... Interesting that you're like, because that's that's an interesting point about the other characters from TNG. And I'm kind of on the other side of that. I kind of want them to distance this a little from TNG because I think they have the unique potential. And this is the first Star Trek series named after a character. Yeah. Uh, And and I I think they need to dive headfirst into that and make this the character story. I mean, they're setting it up from the little voiceover we got where... He's an admiral, he's retired, some serious crap went down, and he's almost just kind of like Yoda-like, where he put himself into isolation because of whatever went down badly in the past. Um, and, you know, Maybe he had to make some decisions that were atypical for his character, and I'd like to see Patrick Stewart do what only he could do with that character and I really would like to see them delve into more of the psychological and philosophical side of things. When you have the larger cast, like in, in TNG or the original series or anything like that, it does lend itself a little more towards action. And I'm, I'm not opposed to having some flashbacks where we get bits and pieces of what had happened and use that as your opportunity for action scenes. Um, but I want this to be more character heavy than action heavy. Okay. Okay. Let's uh, let's kick off the next topic of the Geek Sheets. It seems like we always go, well, if we're talking about one, we got to talk about the other. So we just (laughs) talked about Star Trek, so obviously we're going to talk about Star Wars. Um, And I know 
this is a sci-fi article on a sci-fi podcast. Star Wars isn't sci-fi, it's sci-fantasy. I get it. But I write three pieces on the article, and this was the only thing I had. <laughs> so that's how we're going with it. <laughs> um, but at any time, I can talk about Star Wars. I like it. Uh, Knights of the Old Republic. I don't know if I need to say any more. Most people who are Star Wars fans know that, hey, they're going to make a KOTOR movie. And it's not done. Like The script isn't even done yet. But uh, Disney's finally stopped beating around the bush and go, Knights of the Old Republic. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. Uh, now they're like, uh, yeah, we're making a movie. Duh. Uh, it, it, no information on when it's released or how much of the old canon that's now Legends will be recanonized or anything like that. But this is just the perfect opportunity for rampant speculation on what this is going to be. I really think that, like, I, just a quick aside here, it's in tune with this topic, but I don't think they'll really actually go through and make a whole bunch of stuff canon other than this is the story. Because right now, the Old Republic era is the perfect open world realm for them to do anything if they want to just establish, hey, we want some old school stuff when the Jedi were, you know, the Jedi were still Jedi and the Sith were this, you know, nebulous bad guy just hanging out there and there were some robots and some other stuff and there's no fall of an empire. There's no this or that. Like, it's just, it's this safe area where it's like, hey, I just want to do a cool story about Jedi. Sweet. Put it in here. Like, they probably won't do that because it's Disney and Disney will want to have everything plotted out and but right now, the Old Republic era is this perfect spot because we know that the Jedi Order exists. We know that they're on Coruscant. We know that the Sith threat is out there, but we don't know exactly what it is. So it works perfectly because you can make it whatever you want, whenever you want to. And I, for one, like my this is I read a ton of the books because I'm a dork. Um, I played a lot of the video games. And this storyline, the Knights of the Old Republic, the first one, is one of my favorite stories of all time. It is such an amazing story, and I'm so excited they're doing this. Like, I just, I cannot wait to see who they choose to play Revan, who's going to be Bastila, who's going to be Malak. Like, I, I'm just, I'm so excited about this. And anybody who wants to jump in can. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I didn't. I didn't want to step on anyone else's toes or anything, yeah. you know. Yeah, I said my piece at the Sorry. beginning. Yeah, yeah. I was letting my dog out, guys. I was on mute. I've been on mute. Hey, you hear that, <laughs> guys? Listen to that. She did something that required her I to did. make noise, and she put herself on mute. Yeah, I, I'm not in the hot tub or doing. You know, um, what's really strange. I've heard a lot of people are excited about the Star Wars movie. People that um, you know read the books and that are really into that, everybody has always been excited about this one. And for me, I, I don't know why. I mean, I'm still stuck on the really old ones, you know, so I don't know. But I think that people agree that it they're excited about it too. I've, I, the video games, I don't know if I played that one or not. So I don't know what series that is. The clone one is the last one I played, I think. This would have been this would have been original Xbox and it was on PC, I believe. Uh, so this would have been like early two thousands. I want to say like two thousand three, two thousand four, something like that. Oh, was it? Oh yeah, then I definitely played it. Yeah. All those. Yeah. Um Yeah. 
This pod, was it. What was Pod Racers? Oh my gosh, Pod Racers was my favorite. <laughs> that was the best, hands down. <laughs> people people rip that movie, man. But Pod Racing was a lot of fun <gasps> when you played it as, as a video game. Like it really was. Yeah. I miss it. Yeah, Yuli, I, I know you're not a huge gamer, man. But did you do you know anything about this storyline? Are you interested in this? Are you excited about it? Like, oh, I'm interested in everything involving Star Wars. I I am not familiar with it though. I mean, I, I'm assuming it's part of the uh... in everything. Hmm. I said, if you're into everything, I'll get you a copy of the holiday special. Uh, oh, let me tell you something now. It's funny you mentioned that. <laughs> I actually watched that when it first came out. And I'll tell you right now, there's no reason for anybody to ever watch that again. <laughs> no, seriously. I mean, you, you know, it came out on my birthday. Life Day is my birthday. <laughs> not not the same year, but like if I you search. Say, if, surely, surely you were not born when that thing first came out. <laughs> no, sir. But if you search Life Day in Google, the date that it tells you that is that is my birthday. Look, here's the thing. Here's the thing, all you young people, you know. That was our first look at those characters since what is now called Episode 4, A New Hope. And uh, it introduced Boba Fett. And um, at the time, there was a reason to watch it. Today, I mean, there is absolutely no reason to watch it. It's ridiculous and foolish and stupid. And so, but again, at the time, we were all sitting there like... I don't understand it. I don't know why they're showing me this. I don't know why B. Arthur is a part of this. But what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> it's Star Wars. <laughs> so let's put it. Let's put it on that spectrum then. So the the new movie, Knights of the Old Republic, just kind of give you a general like. Which way do you think it, generally it's going to lean? If the spectrum is holiday special up to Empire. Like, which end of the spectrum do you think this one will lean towards? Well, I think it's probably going to lean more towards the good spectrum, uh, I would imagine. You know, I mean, um, I don't see any reason why uh, why it shouldn't. I mean, based on what I've heard of the property, you know, because this is part of that. I mean, again, part of what has become known as the extended universe. And frankly, I feel like I got a leg up on that, too, because... I mean, you know, I was there when the whole thing started, and there was a book that was published. Uh, originally, the whole idea was that this thing was, um, I mean, Lucas intended it as a um, uh, a low-budget, uh, a low-budget low sequel to Star Wars, and... Um, it was called Splinter of the Mind's Eye. It was um, it was written by uh, noted science fiction author Alan Dean Foster, and uh, and I read it because it was like, oh wow, new Star Wars story. It had Luke, it had uh, Leah, R two, it had Vader, um, and a very entertaining story. And you know, again, before they knew exactly how popular Star Wars was going to be. Because a bunch of people were like, ah, this is a one-off, and it'll be quickly forgotten. And nobody had really had any idea, uh, you know, what this thing was, you know, poised to become. But, uh, you know, the, the, the stories that came out of it, you know, the way that, again, you know, the same kind of way that uh, science fiction uh, inspired modern-day scientists. You know, a lot of people got inspired by Star Wars. And so, you know, hence you have the extended universe, which has some really great material, great stories, 
um, in some cases, better than the stuff that uh, that they put out uh, as as canon. You know. So anyway, um, I, I you know for those reasons, I think this is going to be fine. I mean, any kind of thing that uh, true. Um, True fans, Star Wars aficionados, uh, you know, people who live and breathe this thing, uh, create. I mean, it's going to be good. Yeah, and it's if if I'm if I'm putting it somewhere where I think it's going to be, I think it's only fair to say that it'll be on par with the one-offs. I think uh, a Rogue One um, or a Solo kind of that level of quality because these are not the same movies because like the, the, the trilogy and then the prequels all have a feel. They feel like George Lucas movies. Like they, they feel like they were written and directed by him, but that's the great thing about what Disney's doing is they don't feel like that. They're, they're new. They're different. There's different people giving different interpretations. So I think we may have a completely different interpretation on how this is going to feel. I just, I'm, I'm really curious how they're going to, lay this all out because there's, I'm not going to give the plot away for anybody who hasn't played it or, or read it or, or experienced it, but there is a, a reveal in here that is so huge that like, if it's not done right is going to, it's going to fuck the whole thing up. And like, hopefully they, they don't, they don't blow that because if they mess that up, it's going to, it'll sour everybody to it and completely because like, it's gotta, it's gotta come in. I would think, and cause it's going to be a trilogy. Um, right, Steve, they're doing a trilogy for this. I mean, that's how they always announce everything. Yeah. Um, they haven't, I don't think explicitly said this will be the first of a trilogy, but really all they confirmed is that they're working on a script and it's almost done. So they haven't had an official kind of like press release of like, Here's who's directing it. This is when we're slotting it to come out. But um, they did recently give that timeline of, well, Star Wars is going to interlace every other year with Avatar. And there's this three Star Wars movies every other, you know, so I think that's probably that trilogy then because the timeline fits very perfectly for a movie that's that's getting the script finalized. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if this is a trilogy, the second episode is going to have a reveal on par with Luke, I am your father. And I can't wait. Like, I'm so excited. I think that if, if they do this right, if they do it well, this could be, I wouldn't say the thing that saves Star Wars, but this could be the movie that really, like, brings any of the naysayers back from The Last Jedi. The ones, Which, honestly, I really don't think there were that many. I really think that that's overblown. I think it was a small, very vocal minority that was anti-Last Jedi and, and that was anti-anything Star Wars and was like, well, I'm never watching another Star Wars thing again because they ruined this franchise. Like, I really think that's a very just well, vocal minority. But, you know, that was a reaction to the um, inclusion of diversity in it. Yeah. And I think that is a very sad commentary, uh, partially on where we are socially and culturally, um, because everybody deserves to be able to see characters that resemble themselves, and particularly in heroic roles. And I don't have a problem if somebody wants to depict uh, women or people of color or um, you know people who are 
uh, embracing alternative lifestyles. And and let me tell you something. I'm, look, I'm 55 years old. I'm getting ready to be 56 years old in another two weeks. Okay, so I'm from I'm from a different generation, and I can, I mean, I I I'll tell you what. I've gotten to a point where there are a bunch of jokes I can't tell anymore because there was a, and I, you know, I mean, I, and I, I, I'm just putting this out. It, it is what it is. There was a point where you could always make fun of gay people. That was, that was going to be fine. Nobody was going to stand up for gay people. You could tell as many jokes you could like whatever, you know? And uh, the fact that we have gotten beyond that to where a majority of people in this country are support uh, supporting gay marriage um, I think that speaks volumes for where we are now. Um, you know, I mean, I was, I, I, my experiences were a certain way. And so, you know, I mean, there is a certain way that I look at events, but I also am determined not to be on the wrong side of history. So, you know, I mean, it doesn't matter whatever my comfort level is or, you know, any nonsense like that, people have the right. I mean, as long as they're uh, living, you know, without forcing their lifestyle on anybody and not, uh, you know, forcing anybody into anything they don't want to do or any kind of thing, you know, we're talking about consenting adults. They have every right to live as they choose and they don't have to ask my permission for anything. And that's perfectly fine. And we, as we move into the future, because I was having this conversation with somebody earlier today too, um, you know, or maybe not my kids, but my grandkids for sure are going to um, have less technology into their bodies. I mean, frankly, I expect. Uh, you know, that as we continue, because the, the, the development of technology has been one of the biggest boons to our culture. Well, one of the biggest boons and one of the biggest threats. And, um, you know, now I'm going to go out with all the original parts, but, you know, there are going to be people in the future who, hey, if there's some way to augment yourself, they're not going to have any compunction about doing that. And so socially and culturally, uh, where we are is going to reflect a certain level of progressiveness. And, um, you know, and people need to understand that this is a wave that you cannot stop. You cannot hold it back. You can't redirect it. You know, now you can rail against it. And I think that's part of what we're seeing now. Or you can accept it. Now, I'm not saying you have to embrace it. All right. But you got to at least tolerate it and, and shut up you know, if you can't accept it, you know, and, um, you know, and that's where we are. And so, you know, when I hear about Kelly Marie Tran being forced off social media by trolls who are mocking her and, you know, that kind of thing, that's shameful because that's not what this culture of science fiction and fantasy and comics and horror is supposed to be all about. I mean, I spend enough time running from jocks, you know, to be like, so now how are we going to turn around and be just like these people? that mocked us and maligned us and, you know, caused us to be marginalized because yeah. we're acting just like them, That's you know, and we're going to be just like them, yeah. you know, if we don't wake up, you know? So anyway, I'm sorry. I'm going to get no. off my soapbox. No, that's, that's, <laughs> and, and to bring it from something very serious to something very nerdy and, and goofy to talk about. But I think one of the ways to segue that is that science fiction has inspired a tremendous amount of people, not only from some of the philosophy it espouses, but also some of the technology that's there, some of the things that 
there is a better world that is fiction. How do we bring that into reality? And one of the conversations we started having last week was like, no, 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 we got to save that for a sci-fi show next week was what technology that doesn't exist now, but is in science fiction. If you could bring one piece out of that nether world and bring it into reality, what do you think would be, and we had different conversations. What would be the most fun? What would be the most pragmatic and practical to bring over? Um, you know, just different elements of that. But I think that's a good conversation to have next. And on that note, thank you for tuning in to this episode's or this week's episode of the Geek Sheets <laughs> and this uh, week's episode of GGR Pirate Radio. Coming up next, and stay tuned because there is another episode, we will be talking about exactly what Steve just mentioned. We're going to be talking about sci-fi technology, some things that we would want to see, some problems that it might cause, some great things that may come from it. But guys, quick around the horn here, I'm going to thank everybody for being involved. Thanks to uh, to TK Walker, our, our newest contributor. She, quick here, I, I know it's hard for you to talk over top of the three of us as we get going with our nerdy things but we i guarantee you there's going to be a point where you're running the show here because you i wanted to thank you in person on the podcast because our instagram is actually looks better our facebook page looks better our podcasts (laughs) when it comes to being on itunes they make sense now and that's because of you because you're looking out for us and helping out with this and and like more importantly i didn't even ask you you just did it and like I, I can't thank you enough for like taking the initiative to want to help our nerdy little commune here and make our, our website and our podcast Aww. a little bit better. So thank you so much for doing what you do, TK. Uh, but thanks to Ulysses Campbell, because let me tell you, that conversation we had at the beginning of the show about, um, about Escape Velocity, I wouldn't have gotten to go if it wasn't for him. So big thanks to Ulysses E. Campbell for that. Um, check out all of his stuff. It's fantasticforum.tv. It's WERA.FM. You can listen to his episodes of Fantastic Forum. You can watch episodes of Fantastic Forum on FantasticForum.tv. He's got a great morning show on WERA. It is uh, Monday through Friday. It is 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. You should check it out. It's, it's entertaining stuff. He's got lots of great guests. He also does some great commentary on the news and things like that, so you guys should definitely check it out. But for Steve and myself... This has been another wonderful episode of GGR Pirate Radio, and thank you all so much for tuning in. Stay tuned for the next episode, because it's right around the corner. Thank you for listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Make sure you check out our website, greatgeekrefuge.com, for more podcasts and our awesome articles. This has been Pirate Radio Network Production Juice Bags. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, boy!